Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Everybody and welcome to what is my final episode of this first series of Headstrong, a podcast where I try and get you to believe in yourself, to talk about your vulnerabilities and reinforce your self-worth by bringing on a number of guests who do just exactly the same. Obviously, I've been excited about every single episode and every single person that I've been lucky enough to get on to this first series of Headstrong, but I feel like we're going out in series one with a real massive bang with this final individual who has come and joined me to talk about their life and their own vulnerabilities. And that person is blue singer and now individual artist Simon Webb. Simon has had and is still having a hugely successful career from being in the band Blue to being an individual artist to being on Strictly to I'm a Celeb and a number of other things. Simon also runs Web Industries which is now a hugely successful company in its own right. While Simon may have had a hugely successful career he's also been very honest and open throughout it and talked about his problems and how he suffered with mental health issues. I felt it was imperative to sit down with Simon to really talk about his vulnerabilities, to try and get you guys on a path to becoming headstrong. So I really hope you enjoy this episode. Lights, camera, action. Let's go. Simon, thank you so much for coming to chat to me on Headstrong, the podcast. Well, you came to me, mate. True, true. Actually, <laughs> thank it, you. It's I become a bit of a theme actually on this podcast. <laughs> Is it? I've been doing, doing a tour of the UK, basically. <laughs> so how's it going? No, it's going really yeah. well, thank you. No, thank you so much though for coming on. Um, this is going to be my last episode of this series, and I think you have got so much to say. Oh wow! On, on the okay. matter. Um, well, first of all, I want to say congratulations on everything that you're doing oh, regarding you. the mental health issues that people. Do not openly talk about. Yeah. Um, I think you're a great credit 
to the topic and uh, I just want to congratulate you my friend thank you very much especially on your first season yeah yeah 100% well I'm following in the footsteps of of someone great and hopefully we're (laughs) going to talk about your career and and a few of your ups let's do it and some of your downs as well if that's cool yeah of course happy days so I know that you were born in Manchester but actually Uh I don't know much about your upbringing right childhood do you want to tell me a little bit about that yeah uh, briefly um, I come from a huge family yeah um, mom, my dad is like one of 11 and my oh, mom is one of 12, I think. So you can imagine all the aunties and uncles and cousins that I have on both sides. So coming from a huge family, I was sort of a recluse. I was very, very quiet because of, you know, bigger, big, bigger personalities. So I would say that I'm more of an observer than a voice or sure. a mouthpiece, so to speak. And, um, but yeah, I've, um, very early in, in life, I was very independent you know, we was taught back in the 80s, you know, children must be seen and not heard. You know, we had curfews, we had dinner on the table at a certain time, we ate as a family, there was no TV on. And so basically it was, it was pretty much a strict household that I was raised up in. And um, I moved away from Manchester when I was uh, six years old with my oh, mum. So, you know, I come from a broken home, single mum, you know, working three jobs, minimum wages, um, with a hyperactive kid on her hands who just wanted everything, <laughs> as, as you do as a kid. Yeah, 100%. And where, in that stage of childhood, did music fit in for the first time? Where did, was oh, that first introduced wow. to you? Um, I think music was first introduced to me by my godmother. I remember this. Uh, she bought me three cassette tapes. And one was a guy called Just Ice, who was a rapper out of America. And um, oh, I can't remember the other one. I think it was more like a soul group like the Temptations along there, but it wasn't them. The, no, the Daz Band. Oh, God. The Daz Band, that was it. So, um, and I said there was three, and I can't remember what the third was, because I never really got to it, or the tape snapped or something. But um, yeah, that was my first introduction. And um, I think when it came down to my actual skill as a writer, I wrote my first song at 15 years old, and, um, and I still remember it now. Go on. No. <laughs> uh, I gotta warm up first. <laughs> um yeah, it was um actually um I remember the first time my eyes clocked your eyes. I never thought I would feel so alive. I had to have you here right by my side. Cause you find so fly. Oh my, yes, oh my, oh my, so why? Oh why? Oh, why did we end up this way? Tell me, baby. Something like that. There's someone out there who's so <laughs> heartbroken right now. Yeah, uh, yeah, I can't believe I still remember it. I remember that's s- unbelievable. Uh, yeah. God. 15 years So old. you're 15. That's the first. That, yeah, that should have been the number one. Oh, man, it's over 25 years ago. No one has ever heard that song, to no be No way. Yeah. Look at that. Headstrong exclusive. Happy yeah. days. Headstrong. <laughs> hey. Headstrong. Yeah. Headstrong. Pull <laughs> <laughs> up. <laughs> 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 oh god so you lived with lee right yes and that I did, was when yeah. how old were you when that first when you first kind of moved in with him oh um i moved in with lee when i was 21 i think so between ages of 15 and 21 from that first song to when you first kind of were moved in with him yeah what what kind of was your music career at that stage? I didn't have a career. I well, was, you did, but I, you, no, it was just a passion. Yeah, it was, what, I wouldn't even say it was a passion. It was just something that I looked, I looked at and thought, oh, I could do that if I wanted to. But I was more of a, I was more into sports. I was very active. So from the age of fifth, well, from the age of 
as soon as, as soon as I could kick a ball, my main focus was being a professional footballer. Oh, nice. Um, music was just something I used to grab out of the air. I just used to hum stuff. And my mum used... Actually, this is a funny story. My mum used to see me walking down the road with the football under my arm. And she used to say, "What? I can see you singing, but people are going to think you're crazy. Like, what are you singing? And I was like, oh, I don't know what I'm singing. I'm just making it up as I go along. So I think I've always had the knack for that. That's so cool. And so when you were living with Lee, that is when your audition occurred, so to yes. speak. So do you actually remember that process or yes. your introduction to the other boys? Yes, um, I remember it clearly. Um, first of all, um, before I moved in with Lee, I met Lee about a year and a half ago um, on an audition. So it was myself, Lee and Duncan. Yes. Out of the... Uh, and I think it was like 10 people there. Was that or, for an ITV show? No. That, that was, was for something that, else. That yeah, was the that was for another boy band that Another Level's record label were putting yeah. together because Another Level was splitting. Yeah. Um, so we were split into two groups of fours. So yeah, there was eight people, two, two, two groups of four. And myself, Lee and Duncan, we were on, in one group, cut st- long story short. Myself and Lee got into that band, which never really was put together. We just got the call saying, yep. Yeah, it's happening mm. and then nothing happened for a year so within that time I got to know Lee very well over the phone and then I decided to move down to London and when you had that first success with Blue that first instalment as a band yeah. how much of that do you actually remember or was it actually a bit of a blur because oh. obviously I mean it is a while ago but obviously at, so you were so, how old were you when that happened I was 22 and 22, I mean, 21, 22, yeah. I mean, that's younger than I am now, and I can't imagine having that sort of success yeah, at was, that age. Um, t- t- to be honest, we didn't really see the success because you didn't have social media like you do now. True. So it's not really out there. Um, what you would do, you'd read the papers, and then that become chip paper, as they used to say. Like, mm. when the news was out one day, the news had changed the next day, and people had very, very short memories when it came to stuff like that. But with social media now, you know, if we were out then, we'd probably have 20 million followers. Unfortunately, you know, well, I think fortunately, you know, we were there selling CDs over the counter, Mm. which was an amazing achievement, I thought. But we were so busy. I remember we our days off were the 23rd of December to the 7th of January. And then the rest of the year we were working every single day. So putting a shift in. Yeah. So we were we were in this bubble, basically. Yeah. You know, whatever we did in the UK, we were doing all the way through Europe, Germany, Italy. You were just spending every day with the boys. Every single day with the boys. But it was easy because, Mm. you know, all four of us wanted to be in a boy band. We weren't put together from people trying to be solo artists. So we had a lot of banter. We had a lot of respect for each other. Um, I was Mr. Moody, who sat at the back, (laughs) who didn't really talk too much, but I was observing and uh, writing writing songs all the time. Awesome. Do you have a favourite song that you've ever written? All Rise? Yeah. Happy Days. Probably. Why wouldn't it be? It's the first one. We shot the video on my birthday as well, so that one holds a lot of memories for me. Uh, And I got an award for it as well. I believe you did. I was just about to say, I'm sitting with a multiple Brit Award winner. That's Ah. pretty awesome. (laughs) Would you say that that's one of your biggest and proudest achievements? Because the Brits is a massively prestigious award now in the UK. But always actually, you didn't need the awards. You were just happy with the success that the band was having. I mean, I didn't need the awards because I'm still missing a Brit. They haven't given it me yet. Oh, really? Yeah. I don't know where that's gone. So I didn't really care about that too much. (laughs) Um, But I think... (laughs) My my main focus was knowing I've got a career and I've made my mother proud, if that makes sense. Yeah, because, no, totally. you know, growing up in a predominantly black area, I moved to Birmingham, which was predominantly white. So all of a sudden I was just a statistic in my mother's eyes. 
and that's all she ever used to drum into me. Just don't, you know, get yourself into trouble. And it was very, very easy to do as a young kid. You know, there's, there are pressures of being cool. Um, but I was very, very headstrong. As a, as a, nobody could tell me what to do. That's you know good. I mean? so I you was, knew your direction. Yeah, I mean, I was more scared of my mum than anybody out in the street, so nobody out there could force me into doing anything I didn't want to do. Yeah, totally. Which, which made me, yeah, very, very headstrong. That's great. So when you, when you got to that point in the band when a rather rock, large rocket man said, right, you guys maybe should consider trying out your solo careers... Oh, yeah. You know what? This story was misconstrued oh, by, really? by, yeah, by papers, as usual. As per? Um, you know, Sir Alton, he actually gave us advice saying yeah. that you guys are so good, why would you want to split up? There you go. And then that was turned into, when are Blue going to split up? When are Blue going to split up? And that's what papers used to do back then. It was because everybody wanted the exclusive to say, I did it first. So when mm. a band gets together, give them eight months of success and then all of a sudden they start saying when you're splitting up is he the strongest singer or is she the strongest singer are you going to go for a solo career because everyone wants the first dibs on the breakup yeah for and, sure. the, and the reunion as well so <laughs> yeah totally yeah, so you know it's, it's just the game that everyone plays but you know, okay so if forget about that then that conversation when that must have happened at some point right yeah where you kind of said as a as a, as a four you were like i don't even think it was a conversation it was really weird Really? Yeah. Um, it just. Where did that put you mentally? Like knowing that actually you weren't going to be spending every day of the year pretty much with your boys, and you were like, okay, actually now this is a new direction for me to go in. Mm. What path was that putting you on? Where did you put? Where did that put you mentally? Did you feel a more like mature I said, place? I, um, I was. I, I was always a loner as a kid, and going back to being on my own wasn't really a big deal. Obviously, you know, I was going to miss miss the boys, but. Like I say, if, if if someone is very, very happy doing something and there's something that they want to pursue, it's not about me. So I don't really want to inject myself into their situation. My situation was, right, okay, I can either chill or I can make music that people think I'm going to make or I can make music for me and put a, spread a message through my music, which I did. And as we know, it's very, very successful. 1.2 million sold over the counter. So. Yeah. That was, At that, that time, there's not many other people that can say that. No, Literally. but it's, it's not just that. The achievement for myself was, you look back in history, going back to the Beatles even, you know, how many boy band members have left the group and then has been successful? Hardly mm. any. You can count them all on your hand. Robbie, Michael Jackson, Lionel Richie, you know, um, and maybe a couple of others. And I'm in there as well. So yeah. that was a massive achievement for myself, for sure. 100%. Looking at some of your like more recent uh, discussions, because obviously now you've like literally grown up and yeah. been able to talk about it in a more mature way. I'm not way. old, though, bro. I'm not old. No, no, no. Obviously not. Obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> but you've you used this amazing phrase that I think actually should be used actually more often now: emotional bankruptcy. Yeah. You use that phrase. Do you want to just explain what that means to you and yeah. when you actually felt those emotions? Emotional bankruptcy is where you feel that. It's where you let your ego get in the way rather than what is right for your finances. Um, you know, you try and keep up with the tax man. You try and, you know, tr- you keep up with your lifestyle because, you know, you've set, you've been set up to do this. You were told us that the label do not wear the same T-shirt twice because you might get papped in it and then the paps are going to tell you that you all of a sudden you're a tramp or you've got no money and, and that all of a sudden spoils the brand, you know. So you, you end up chasing that. But after a while, I thought to myself, well, what's important? My image or my family? 
and family comes first. So and my sanity as well. So I just decided to take take the hit, and um, you know the backlash wasn't that wasn't that bad. I think people like honesty, and when you're honest about certain things, um, what can people say? When you had something that perhaps an issue in your career did you always go to your family first were they your number one no um I I, I, I regret that now though um I've I've always been one to hold the problems on my own shoulders even though they might weigh me down and you know my feet might get stuck in the mud I'm a strong believer in self-preservation um self-motivation um and knowing that I can do something when I put my mind to it so um yeah well I, I a family now number one? Totally. Family are definitely now number one. We speak a lot more. Um, it has to be the, the foundation of what it is because a lot of, lot of the time in this industry, you, you, get a, you make a lot of friends that you consider family, but they're not. You know, um, you, you know sometimes you, you end up having an entourage around you and then you see that entourage whittle away each time because they're not getting the same things as they used to. And who is there at the end? family so that is one of my regrets that I didn't speak up to my family enough when you joined the the cast of the 2014 Strictly team yeah you said you were experiencing just maybe just before that you were experiencing mental health issues yeah um what what were you feeling what 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 was occurring to you at that time that I just didn't know where I was going um you know I'm I'm known as a singer you know, I've done done all types of jobs, you know, before before Blue, but did I want to go back to that? Did I want to go to roofing or scaffolding or anything like that? So, you know, luckily I had a lot of money put away, so it was easy just to basically spiral, you know, out four, five days a week, sleeping all day, partying all night, never grow old, never die. Did you say, was there a bit, of, a bit of alcohol abuse in there? Oh, yeah, a lot of alcohol abuse. Yeah. It was mainly the bottle and closed curtains. Yeah. Um... It was easy to hide, you know, if I'm not, if, if no one can see me, nobody, I'm not on, on, on anybody's radar. So it was just very, very easy just to convince myself that, you know, I don't need to do it today. I don't need to deal with this today. And then just basically get myself in a haze where I'm not really thinking straight and basically abusing my body. So what was that ladder that got you out of that hole? The ladder that got me out of the hole was actually the fact that I got a phone call. I spoke to Lee. I remember this. I was. Uh, I remember the boys took me away um, and said they was a bit worried about me and stuff. Took me to Miami. We had a great time. Um, and I got back and I remember speaking to Lee and Lee was like, mate, there's something big around the corner for you, like which is going to just help you. He goes, mark my words, it's coming. And two days later, I got a call off Strictly. That's amazing. Uh, and that's when it all changed. How important was it um, to have that, that structure in, of Strictly? Because obviously it's such a massive yeah. commitment. What was it? What is it? 12, 16 weeks or something? Uh, yeah, it's three months. Yeah. yeah. And you have that structure. And I suppose that really must have helped you kind of day to day as well, knowing that you've got something to do the next day. Well, the thing is, is that I was overdoing it. I had Strictly. I had the big reunion tour that I was on and I was also shooting a blue TV show called Blue Gone Mad in Ibiza so I was in Ibiza shooting from 7 in the morning till 2 in the morning getting on a plane at 4 to be at Strictly for 9am to do a run through dance and then perform on a Saturday night 
and then start again the Sunday and then back out to IB for the Monday. That must have been seriously emotionally draining as well as physically. It was, it, but it was, it was a great distraction because even though I was physically tired and mentally tired, I always said to myself, well, look how lucky you are to be doing this and look where you are. And that was always my drive to get through the tiredness. Um, but, you know, as everyone knows, when I did Strictly, there was a point where I went up against, uh, I think it was Tom. Yeah, I went up against Tom in, um, in the dance-off. And it just got to me. I was like, oh, here we go. Like, I'm, I'm really getting into something that I really enjoy. And now I'm going home. In the end, I didn't. I broke down and um, let it slip out that, yeah, I'm, I'm having trouble. But this is, but I always say that strictly helped me get that off my chest because the next day I just, just felt liberated. Such an awesome platform. It is, mate. And, um, and then a lot of people started opening up saying, oh my God, like you're a celebrity. I couldn't know if people went through this and that and the other, I'm going through it. And then it just helped me, you know, speak to people a lot more about it. That's so cool. Do you remember the first time that you spoke about it? I spoke about it to someone in the press. I think it was the Mirror. Um, just come out. Did it feel? I, I did you I'm like dep- surprise yourself by going? Yeah, oh, yeah. God, it just, sli- it just slipped out. I said, "I'm it. depressed." Yeah. And I was like, "Why? Why? Why is depressed such a bad word? Or why is why is it taboo yeah. to say what you mean? You know, sometimes we we don't want to be judged too much, so we think I'm going to hold this back. But if people are your friends and your family. You should be able to say what you want, and also be able to take constructive criticism without knowing, thinking that someone's having a go at you. You know, sometimes the way people talk to you is just passion. you just got to try and understand what's coming out of their mouths, not how they're saying it sometimes. And that's what I learned. And I learned and I got through it as well. How important has your now wife been throughout your career? Just listen to Smile. Yeah, yeah there you go. There's a little plug there, people. <laughs> Yeah. Spotify, is that you? <laughs> oh yes, hello there. <laughs> Pull up. No, no, she's been a she's been um instrumental in me getting back out there, enjoying doing what I do best. Um it's been really encouraging. I'm only saying that because she's sitting opposite me now. <laughs> she's trying not to laugh. Don't go red darling. Yeah, <laughs> yeah she's um Look, she's she's. How was the wedding? Been everything to me. Oh man, it's, it's fairy tale. Is that just the best day ever? Yeah, for sure. Um, I got to I got the girl, mate. <laughs> so you got that. <laughs> well, you had her back. for a while. Oh, it could have been longer, but you know, you know, it's it's a blessing what we have now. That's so cool. What piece of advice would you give to your younger self? that you've held on to in your life and your career that you think that they would benefit from hearing? Um, don't, that, um, yeah, I, I would say, I would, no, I'm trying to think of actually a, a lyric oh. that I did yesterday. Don't let the trials of life change who you are tonight. In other words, you know, you, you're going to go through trials and tribulations, but you know deep down who you are. Don't let society, society's way mould you into what, you think they want you to be. And that's what I would tell my younger self, you know, and and that's what I did. I thought I needed to be this bridge for everybody. I needed to help everybody. I need to do this for everybody. And sort of punish myself, thinking that I didn't deserve what I had because I came through the modelling world. I didn't go to stage school. I didn't do, do it the way a lot of these kids have the opportunity to do it. 
in that fashion, you know, and I didn't, I got it through it because my face fit. So because of that, I sort of punished myself for it instead of just saying, thank you, mum and dad, for giving me these jeans. Do you know, it's, it's really strange how we punish ourselves over things that really don't matter to anybody else but you. So just kind of look into yourself. I mean, I mean, the hardest thing I found for a while was to look myself in, look at myself in the mirror. I think from when you can't do that, that's when you need to open up to somebody and, and it normally is your mum or your dad, someone really, really close. Definitely. You know, that brought you onto the surf, that will always have your back, even though you think they haven't got time and you don't want to put that pressure on them. Like, the, the pressure that you have on you, they want to take it off because they know it's their duty and that's what they believe as well. And I know you love your parents and all the rest of it, but they're the ones who are going to be instrumental in getting you through it, for sure. So you briefly touched on it now, but this is my final question. What does the word headstrong mean to you? The word headstrong, wow. It's knowing yourself, knowing what you're going to put up with and knowing what you're not going to put up with, knowing what's negative in your life and what's positive. I live my life every day with positivity. Um, If there is something wrong, it's only a situation. It's never a problem. Let's get through it. Um, And I rather look on things like yin and yang. Like a two, like a, you never get a two-sided coin. There's always a flip side to things. So no matter how down you are, there's always up. Definitely. So what is what is the next stage of Simon Webb's career? What tell us what's going on? Yeah. What, where we can look out for you? Um, just follow me on at Insta, on Instagram. Um, I've got Web Industries now, which is a management um, label, which is run in partnership with sister-in-law and the wife. Um, you know, girl power. Whoop whoop whoop. <laughs> They're like cracking the whip. Whoop, whoop, whoop. <laughs> they're hard workers. They're very, very um, instrumental. Our management companies is our motto is collaborate and create. We're very much into molding um, clients and trying to put them on the right path, especially with the pressures of social media and the pressures of everyday life in this celebrity bubble because that's what it is. And the only stars are in the sky. So follow us at Web Industries. Um, and my personal one is um, at Simon Web One. Great. And I've got some great music coming your way. Yes, everyone, get ready, subscribe. Oh yeah, get involved. Get Simon, involved. thank you so much for having a chat to me. Oh, Liam, mate, Huge like I congrats. said, congratulations to you, thank and you. long may it continue. And you're always welcome back here. Legend. Thank you so Cheers, much. Cheers, buddy. And there we have it. That is a wrap on series one of Headstrong. A huge, huge thank you to Mr. Simon Webb and his beautiful, beautiful wife for welcoming me into their house to record this final episode of Headstrong. I think we can all agree that Simon has had an incredibly successful career and we wish him all the luck with Webb Industries. By all means, go check it out, as he said at the end of the podcast. But it's so refreshing to find somebody who's so willing and open to talk about their battles with mental health and their own vulnerabilities. Check out my Facebook page and Instagram and Twitter pages too. Just stay tuned there for when Series 2 might be announced. It's most likely going to be at the end of 2019 and it will hopefully be a longer series than this first six-part series. Firstly, I want to say a huge, huge thank you to Jack Graham Thomas, who has joined me on this journey of Headstrong Series 1. Thank you so much for editing the podcast and writing this beautiful, beautiful music that you guys can hear right now. 
Thank you also to Harry Neal, who's helped me with the artwork, to Cozzy, to my parents, to Independent Talent, to all the agents and all the talent as well that have come onto this podcast to make it what it is. And thank you most of all to you guys that have come to listen to me talk to these people. I hope that it's inspired you to get you on a path to becoming headstrong. See you in series two. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.